Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 299 of The Good, The Bad, and The Geeky. I'm Nick Nitro, and before we begin, let's talk about our obligatory shout-out to our sponsors. Now, we have a lot of sponsors for our show, so let's go highlight uh, the big two. First off, Pack Rat Comics. They're uh, the home of The Good, The Bad, and The Geeky Live, and they also are the winner of the 2015 Eisner Award for best retail uh, comic book retailer, so please go check them out. They are amazing. They're family friendly. Tons of years of experience uh, with comic books, movies, video games, board games, you name it. Now, granted, that's how awesome they are. They only have board games. I shouldn't have said video games, but they're still very knowledgeable. They're they are geeks just like us. They're nerds. They're geeks. They love anything and everything geeky, and it's always a fun time when you go in and, and just talk to the staff while you're looking and perusing for comic books. Jamie and Teresa are the owners, and they are amazing. Matter of fact, one of my favorite things is to go to their Facebook uh, fan page and uh, on Facebook um, and just watch their new Comic Day videos that Jamie, Teresa, and their kids do. It is a lot of fun. And not only that, they sell great products. They have comic books, really awesome. Like Civil War is kind of big right now, so is DC Rebirth, just among the few. They also, that's where I got the last issue of Hellboy, where Hellboy uh, officially bites it. Well, technically, he's already bit it. He's in hell, for God's sakes. But you get the point. I mean, the book's called Hellboy in Hell. But they sell that. That's the whole point. They also sell awesome toys, graphic novels, T-shirts, board games, card games, more. So if you're obsessed with Pokemon Go right now and you want to double dip back into the old Pokemon craze, they have Pokemon cards there. You like magic. They definitely have magic there. Matter of fact, they have tons of like little things and that goes on. It's really, really awesome. That is... Packrat Comics at packratcomics.com, located in the heart of Old Hilliard, Ohio. And please don't forget to uh, scope out our show when you get a chance there uh, for the Good, the Bad, and the Geeky Live, where we'll feature stuff like Judge Jimmy, other fun conversations. Pretty much Nathan's making fun of Jimmy and I. It's a lot of fun. Our next show is August 20th, and the show begins at 7 p.m. And our other dates are September 3rd, October 8th, and November 19th. So scope that out. And also, of course, Rocky and Boinkle uh, is part of that show as well. And last but not least, the amazingly awesome and always fun Audible. Go to audibletrial.com forward slash goodbadgeeky. You get a 30-day trial, which is pretty darn cool, you guys. And not only do you get a 30-day trial, and you get a, an audiobook in that. And here's the thing, guys. The audiobook is yours. So say, you know what? You're not feeling it just right at the moment, but you want to still just test it out. That book is yours to keep forever. It doesn't revert back to Audible or anything like that. And also, Audible is owned by Amazon. Amazon, quality name. It's a brand name that you can trust. I love Amazon. Amazon Prime is the sweetest thing ever. And I also tried out their uh, two-hour Amazon Prime service and it is really really cool i really like it and i think you will too so again amazon has great stuff audible is an amazon company so audibletrial.com forward slash good bad geeky get a 30-day trial over 180,000 titles to choose from check them out okay and uh bum 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 and finally, before we begin episode 299, officially, officially, of course, 
let us give a big shout out to you guys, our listeners. And if you really enjoy our show, you have anything you want to comment on, please check us out on Instagram, Twitter, or at username GoodBadGeeky. And if you really like our show a lot and you, you use iTunes, because I know not everyone loves iTunes, they don't like Apple products, but at the same time, if you happen to love iTunes or you use iTunes frequently for your podcasting needs, please, we would greatly appreciate if you would give us a, a review. And, um, well, we would love good reviews at the same time. If you say, you know what, you don't like how we're doing something on the show, let us know uh, there. And uh, you know what, we will we will appreciate uh, any type of, of love or criticism that you can throw at us. So that's on iTunes. If you look for us in iTunes, in the iTunes store, uh, the best way to look for us is the keywords good, bad, geeky. Good, space, bad, space, geeky. And uh, you'll pull up our podcast. So uh, subscribe to on iTunes. You can get all our past episodes. Some of our biggest episodes are like the Cougar Town series finale, uh, David Letterman Returns, and uh, what was the other one? Uh, oh, geez, it's a weird one. I think it was a Nathan and Me episode, or uh, I, I think it's called, uh, it was pretty much about community, but it was called Suck Yo Dick. Um, <laughs> no joke. It's That's really one of the titles of our show. So uh, apologies. We try not to put that kind of stuff in the title anymore. Um, I, that was back in the glory days, but uh, that's actually one of our most popularly downloaded episodes as well. And if we do get any feedback, uh, it's usually for those three episodes. So uh, if you want to know what the fuss is all about, or probably not about, uh, go to iTunes, keyword good, bad, geeky, or you can go to gbgpodcast.com. Also, I forgot to mention this. If you want to know more, because we have a lot of sponsors, go to uh, check out the show notes or go to gbgpodcast.com for this episode, episode 299, and you can find out all about the amazingly awesome and super cool stuff that we have uh, for our other sponsors as well. Um, so thank you. All right, so now... Episode 299. Uh, before we get into the main topic, I just want to throw some things out there that caught my eye today, and um, I'm really kind of excited about this. And uh, just because it, it just caught my eye, and I was like, you know what? Let's let's talk about this a little bit. Is I have a Roku, and I have um, I have a Roku and an Apple TV. And I'm not gonna lie, the Apple TV is nice when I want to watch something from my phone, like, you know, not just YouTube, but I'm really talking about, like, my iTunes collection. When I get my films, I can just pull them up and stream them right there. It, it It's actually a really cool function, and if I use the iTunes store, it's also pretty handy as well. So it's actually kind of cool. Now, I prefer the layout for some of that compared to the Roku layout of Amazon Prime and stuff like that, but uh, I we tend to use the Roku a little bit more. Uh, one of the apps, though, that I wasn't a big fan of was the ABC app, and apparently it's now called the ABCD app. I think it D stands for digital or ABC download. I don't, I don't know, but apparently a lot of titles were removed from there or something along those lines, which I didn't know because I gave up on the app a long time ago. But apparently they've updated the app and they've put old uh, ABC shows or ABC Studios, aka Disney-owned shows back on there like if by the way fun fact the show reaper owned by disney or abc studios it's the same thing but uh, they're also putting new content out there one of them is the show boondoggle which is which stars modern families ty burrell which is interesting like is he leaving the show like 
we don't know a lot more about it, but I, I just thought that was pretty interesting because, you know, Boondoggle, and apparently it's about Ty Burrell playing a famous actor who hangs out with his friends to stay grounded, um, and he is the, he's, especially now that he's on a popular show called Wingbad or something, I, I, something like that. It's just interesting that everyone's trying to do this new formula of streaming on online and streaming on demand, and, and I'm not going to lie, it, it's interesting, but I, I feel like what constitutes the show as a success for ABC standards. And of course, Netflix is very guarded about what they have, what they allow, that kind of thing. So it really, truly is interesting in that regard to see how that plays out. Or will the show eventually air on ABC or one of their other networks, whatever whatever ABC family is now called? Who knows? But that's a, it's a valid question. Um, also, there's more hubbub in the news about Quentin Tarantino saying he's only got two films left, and you're just like, okay, that makes sense. I personally loved Hateful Eight, um, or I enjoyed Hateful Eight. I, I, I really, I really dug it. I really dug it. It's one of those classic standoff films, and it doesn't have the ending you you necessarily want, but that's the ending that the film needed, if that makes sense. Uh, I say that in retrospect. So, uh, yeah. And last but not least, and I'll include this in the show notes, but there is a video of Samuel Jackson uh, doing a, I think, seasons one through four, or, or midway through season five at least, recap. It's a beginner's guide to Game of Thrones. And oh my god, it's really funny. There's a few F-bombs in there, and it is hysterical, you guys. Really hysterical. So uh, if you get a chance, check that out, and I'm going to try to include that in the show notes. And last thing to just throw out there, uh, we've talked about this on the show before, but there's something out there called Movie Pass, and pretty much the idea of Movie Pass originally was you pay 20, bu- 20, do- 20 bucks, 20 bucks, 20 bucks, and you get unlimited access for movies. And apparently uh, now the company is offered, depending on what market you live in, you there's tier one, tier two, tier three markets. Columbus, I feel, might be a tier two or a, a tier three market. I just have the uh, I, opinion of that. But pretty much, it means for the the plan. Right, originally was for like twenty bucks a month. You can see as unlimited movies, uh, not including three D or IMAX or ultra screen, whatever you want to say. That's really cool. That's really interesting. But this is where things get a little uh uh they've changed that now tier one markets are 15 dollars for two movies 22 for three movies and 40 dollars for unlimited uh tier two markets 18 dollars for two movies 27 for three movies and 45 for unlimited and then tier three markets are 21 dollars for two 31 for three and 50 for unlimited now here's my opinion on this and maybe this is just me MoviePass is a fantastic idea. They need to really incorporate 3D and IMAX or ultra screen, though. That is very much an important part of the whole process, and I stand by that 100%. But, uh, you know, I would say that really movie theaters might need to start offering this themselves. I know AMC is, is, is one of the big chains, and I think they they finally allowed MoviePass in a little bit, but... They really should just make that part of the, like, if you do the Stubbs program, 
you, they should make that, in my opinion, part of the whole process. I know if, if you're a MoviePass uh, uh, employee, you probably don't want to hear me saying that. But I, I think that's true. MoviePass's biggest thing was how can the theaters that are taking those in make profit off of it? And maybe that higher plan is allowing for that. I don't know. And also the whole point of when you go to the movie anyway is that you're probably going to buy some kind of drink or soda or or popcorn or something like that which will of course that's where they make most of their money anyway you know they get really cheap popcorn seeds uh you know kernels and they pop them and that's where they make all their money at they oversell the bags of candy in some cases and they oversell everything and that's where they all get their money and we get that we respect that it's kind of part of the game and that's why sometimes people will bring their own snacks in uh, I am guilty of that occasionally myself, um, minus the popcorn stuff. You just can't take popcorn. You get movie popcorn, you get movie popcorn, right? But sometimes you might sneak in some M&Ms or some Twizzlers or, or whatever. Reese Pieces I did one time. Um, for some reason, I'm not a huge, I can eat Reese Pieces, but same thing with the Reese Cups. I can eat them, but they're not my go-to candy usually. Um, I don't know why, I, it, which is I feel which it feels like is a crime against America. Um, I know, very bizarre, and I apologize for that. So yeah, Movie Pass, interesting stuff there. And I, I am personally interested in Movie Pass, especially with um, money getting a little bit tighter as the movie, as the movie, as the wedding draws closer and closer. I am very much intrigued by you know ways to save money, and if and I'm wait a minute, I'm going to pull up my calculator. I'm going to pull up the. D4K Studios calculator here, and if a movie costs us eighteen dollars, let's let's you know what let's just say let's just round up to nineteen times two. That's thirty eight dollars. Now, Grand, that's IMAX prices. Now, if the normal movie ticket is fourteen dollars, and you times that by two, that's twenty eight dollars. That's still a really good deal for two movies, fifteen, twenty two for three, and again, of course, it's a little bit higher, twenty one. For two movies, 31 for three, and 50 for unlimited. I'm going to assume that Columbus is a tier three area, and if they allow that, that's that's a really good deal. Now imagine if you do like 60 for uh, including IMAX and uh, 3D, or you're allowed to pay the upcharge, whatever that might be. Like they should have, they they should allow that. Like there's a price upcharge that the theater would charge for that. That's what I think, um, but that's just me. And um, they should also have uh, advanced screenings. And again, I think this is something that should be offered honestly by the theater chain. I think people would would make way more money by that option because at that point you're kind of creating a gym, right? Everyone knows about the gym. You sub you subscribe to the gym. You go work out a few times, and then uh oh, something breaks your regimen, right? someone dies something else happens at work you you have to work a full week of overtime and then you're that one week throws you all off balance then instead of going to the gym five times a week you start to go three or four and then after that you break it down a little bit more just other stuff but you know you know you're exhausted you don't need to go to the gym today you just need to sit back and relax and then boom next you know you're not going to the gym at all and it's like a year later and you've been paying all yeah subscription fees so uh I think to that, and that's what would happen with that. Honestly, I, I would say is that if AMC did that with their Stubbs program, you can do the normal Stubbs card, right? Um, 
And you can even have that, now this is a little crazy, crazy, pardon me, nutso, but you could even do a plan if you have the stubs card. For those who don't know, AMC Stubs is the program they offer where if for 12 or 50, I think they raise it up to $15 a, a year, if you use your stubs card, eventually, if you sell, like if you make over $100 at some point, you get, you, uh, you get $100, or, or no, for every $100, you get $10 off. Now imagine, um, you know, if you use a, a, a movie pass like that, instead of counting as the full price, you get it counts as half the price or something like that. Again, there's so many awesome ways that you could do that for the Stubbs card. Um, you know, so instead of fifteen dollars, it would be like twenty dollars to include two movies. Three movies would be like twenty-five. Again. That to me is really the future of what they're trying to do on top of the yearly membership. That's actually a pretty good deal, but they just got to do it. So, yeah. All right. So, now that we got that stuff out of the way, stuff that's been on my mind, it's been percolating, so to speak, let's talk about what, the, what this episode's about. And I've been kind of putting it off just to tease you, dear listener, even though, spoiler alert, it's in the title. It is... The episode, not the episode, the film, The End of the Tour. The End of the Tour is a film uh, that follows um, Jesse Eisenberg and, uh, oh shit, the guy from The Muppets. I don't believe I can't remember his name right now. Uh, Jason Siegel. And it really is a two-man show in the best sense of the word. I've. It's been a long time since I've, since I've seen a movie that really has just you know, kind of hit me while I was watching it um like kind of the same feeling I got when I saw Almost Famous or or Goodwill Hunting uh, I don't really get that feeling too much anymore maybe it's just because as a writer I expect certain things and like look more than anything I can get sucked into a movie like you know this is where my compadre uh, uh Jimmy and I differ we can watch a Disney movie like Wall-E and the movie can blind me to some of the tropes that it's trying to do in the moment. And if you can do that, then you, you've won me over, right? Like, look, I, I too know that Wally will probably be fine, right? You know that. I, I don't necessarily agree with that ending necessarily. I'm happy that it happened, but um, it didn't feel like up to that point of the movie, though, it's to me almost a perfect movie. And it really made me feel something that I haven't. But see, Jimmy going in didn't feel that way uh, from our previous episodes. And, and when we talked about this before, you can hear him say this. So I don't feel like I'm, I'm misquoting him here. But he's like, well, it's a Disney movie. <clears throat> the lead character's not going to die. It's a Disney movie. And I'm like, yeah, but you didn't feel fooled for just even one second. And I think that's the difference. Um, in, in our viewing styles, uh, of course, is that, you know, if the movie can fool me with things like that i can i can i can buy into it um usually animated films are the biggest thing for me that i can i can buy into it or i can't buy into it but normal live action movies it's really hard for me at least to find a movie where it kind of touches me the same way that movies like almost famous and goodwill hunting and these are movies and maybe the problem is is that they had something to say and if you had to ask me what this movie was trying to say, I'm still not 100% sure, but it really was like I'm a fly on the wall watching these two men just kind of dance around each other and really have a conversation, uh, like a real conversation. And it, it's, it's really interesting. Like, 
um, Lipsky, uh, yeah, they're both named Dave. I, I can remember that because there's a line in the movie that even says that. Sorry, uh, Lipsky, Dave Lipsky is a, is a, is a writer. Um, he wrote a book that was not a huge success, at least in terms of the movie standards. I, I don't know too much of the real story. I have not read the book. It makes me want to read the book, although, of course, you end up becoming yourself. Um, but uh, he goes on uh, the last, uh, it's literally the end of the tour for uh, a novelist, David Foster Wallace, who wrote the novel Infinite Jest. I have not read the novel, but apparently it is a huge book. Um, like I'm not, I'm talking about War and Peace huge, like volume of pages huge. Um, but it's received a lot of praise. It's an international bestseller and, um, yeah. And the movie starts off with, uh, in 2008 when he hears of Wallace's passing and that's when he pulls out his recordings, uh, and he listens to them and it, then the film jumps back into, uh, the end of the tour and it goes over, which I forget, I think it's like in the 90s. Uh, yeah, because Infinite Jest came out like 95, so it's probably like 96, 97 or something like that. And, um, or, wait a minute, so, hold on, I'm really bad at math. So 2008 is when he passed, and I think the book came out 12 years before that. I am so sorry, listeners, and... Um, this is how sucky at math I am. So 1996 is when when it was, and um, yeah. So yeah, uh, 1996 is when the the meat of the movie takes place, and um, Wallace is an interesting man. Uh, Lipsky is running for Rolling Stone, and he goes which is played by ron livingston by the way it's not a very big role not a showy role but he's in there and uh, i think it speaks to the quality of the of the script that even though the movie features these two um these two men uh you know it, it really yeah it's really interesting to me at least um there uh and but pretty much they just kind of dance around each other and just talk about what it's like to be famous and um you know like dogs and television uh self-identity uh but at the same time he still i mean by the end of the movie you get a sense that he still is kind of off and um it's really fascinating the way the movie and the movie plays it kind of very real and it's so interesting to me because one of the big things that Rolling Stone looks into, and of course, and this is kind of an argument that the two get into later, is that, you know, look, write whatever you want to fucking write, okay? But you want to know about heroin, and I've never touched heroin. I've never done heroin, but I don't know where that rumor started from. And there's a line in the movie at one point, of course, right before, uh, you know, Lipsky confronts Wallace about this, where he goes, yeah, it's like getting heroin injected right into your brain. You're like, okay. And of course, the whole movie, though, he's just like, look, I would drink. I have an addiction. But my real addiction is television. And there's one moment where you really see his addiction to television. And you realize, and it makes way more sense that when he goes to his home for the first time, he's like, do you, do you have a television set? And there's no there's no television. I almost feel like that was actually a pretty good uh, 
uh, not Lipsky, but uh, Jesse Eisenberg. Are you, are you really sure? I, you know, I hate Superman. <laughs> no, no, it, was, it got bad there. Sorry. Uh, I take that back. It was not a good Jesse Eisenberg. I need to work on that a little bit more. Um, so, yeah, but it, it's really, really good. And it's interesting to see, you know, that Lipsky really yearns for Wallace's approval not just as a writer but also as a as a as a human being and but it's very it's very real it's very it's not like over like bashed over your head like duh but and i think the perfect example of this is that at the end of the movie he accidentally uh leaves a shoe in his house and um he you know he does not he gets a package from Wallace and um, and you get the sense that the two never really talk again. Uh, their only probably connection after this was, um, was a shoe that he left accidentally at Wallace's house. Because Wallace even let allowed him to stay at his house, which was pretty cool. Um, but literally, it was just a box, and is is a shoe the shoe that Lipsky left behind, and in it was just a, a little note that says, yours, I believe, smiley face. That's it. There's nothing else. And you can just see the disappointment on on Lipsky's face as, as he sees that, and it's really interesting. It's, it's really, really interesting to see that, you know, because it really is so, so, so bizarre kind of, that this encapsulates per perfectly, in my opinion, that and it's a very real moment, too. Like, you might not say that in the moment. Because if you were watching a normal Hollywood movie, the character would very blindly say, or he would talk to his girlfriend or someone, you know, I always wanted to be him. I just wanted his approval. But that's not... That's not what it was. Like, I want to actually be his friend. I really did enjoy talking to him. Wallace, you know, doesn't kind of return that, and that's generally what you get, but still, he touched Lipsky's life in a way that, you know, it was really good, it was really interesting, and even touches on Lipsky's own issues of, you know, wanting to connect. There's some great performances by Anna Chumsky, uh, Chalumsky, if I'm saying that right, I apologize, I'm not saying that right, I apologize, she plays uh, Lipsky's girlfriend, Joan Cusack, is in the movie as a tour guide for as one of the tour stops. Um, a really funny moment is he they're going on NBR, NPR. There's no video, there's no uh, uh, photos, at least as the movie portrays, and he's wearing his normal shtick of like, you know, his bandana uh, or you know, his headband on top of his head. And uh, his just he just looks like he rolled out of bed. And she just turns around and goes, are you wearing that? Yeah. You're, 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 you're wearing that? I'm going on the radio. Do, do I need to wear anything else? Um, and, and she's like, okay. And it's just a really funny moment. But you get a sense, too, while Lipsky watches him do the interview. Uh, by the way, and that was Joan Cusack. She was really good. And it's a really kind of a small part. Um, but you can watch Lipsky do the interview. You can feel Wallace is just unhinged a bit doing it. He, he's not in his element. He's not, he's like Donnie. He's out of his fucking element. And it's, it's, it's just, 
is so bizarre, and, and it really is probably one of the best movies I've seen in a long time. Um, I don't really feel like I watch movies a lot anymore that kind of touch me, that reach me in such a way. And maybe it's because I'm in a really weird, different place than I was. But movies like Goodwill Hunting and Almost Famous, they they hit a chord with me. Wally hit a chord with me. Um, granted, that's a little bit different. I feel like that is truly a fully formed movie. I feel sometimes animation is the only place where different ideas or stories are being done up as. They're just in the guise of cute little talking animals or little robots. But... Um, this what makes this even more touching is that this is based on a real story and for the most part uh, at least from david Lipsky's side is very much true uh now the wallace estate do not condone the movie uh they said it's full of nothing but inaccuracies but of course the screenwriter based it on the book and also listened to the tapes and uh, there's only one moment that apparently is in the movie that is not on the tapes and it's a moment where he confronted Lipsky, uh, referring uh, Mickey Summer and uh, Mammy Gummer, uh, which are two actresses, by the way, who are in the movie. They play Julie and uh, Betsy, respectively. And um, and apparently, and he kind of confronts Lipsky as like, "Hey, are you hitting on my ex-girlfriend? Like, that's we- and you're doing it in front of me. That's really weird. Please don't do that, or don't bullshit me." be a better man you know which was interesting because if you do read anything about wallace is that he could could be abusive he could be kind of unhinged a bit which is again it's it's interesting to paint the man and and maybe that's lipsky's and maybe that did happen uh you know maybe lipsky was hitting on her it's it's very clear to to me as a viewer that he was kind of hitting on her but um it knocked him back into reality a bit. But you're not really sure because he doesn't ask for her phone number. He asks for her her email address. So he, you know, if I have any other questions, can I email you um, so I can confirm it with about David? And she's like, well, only if it's okay with David. He's like, oh, yeah, it, it'll probably be fine with David. So she gives him the email address. So, it, again, it's, a, it's really interesting. And apparently that part is that's in the movie is uh, one of the – really one of the few parts that is not – you know, really there. The rest of the movie, for the most part, is very much pre-recorded on the tape, so there's something there to look forward to. So, uh, I, I'm really intrigued by the fact that the that the that the Wallace estate don't support the movie that way. But I digress. You know, I'm not David Foster Wallace or his estate, so I don't know. I don't know. All right, I've talked enough. I've rambled enough. Um, so thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Good, The Bad, and The Geeky. Uh, oh. FYI, you can find End of the Road on all fine streaming applications like iTunes, Amazon Prime, and uh, matter of fact, I believe if you're a Prime member, you can stream it for free. I got mine, actually, I found it after the fact on Redbox. Um, I was just looking for something, and when I was walking out of Kroger, because my fiance's out of town uh, for a day or two, I literally walked by um, the Redbox at Kroger, and they had End of the Tour up, which the movie came out a while ago. It's not you know what I mean? It's not super new in terms of a new release, but they had it up there, and I was like, fuck yeah, I, I really wanted to see this movie really bad. So I, I got it, and um, it's really good. It's really good. And I, by the way, I don't usually do that. It took me 15 minutes to figure out how to fucking do a red box. That's how stupid I am. So enjoy that, dear listener. Uh, also, if you like our show, uh, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, and uh, if you want to know how to do that, keywords, good bad geeky that's three separate words um do a search for us and you'll find us there and if you really like a show not only can you download past episodes you can also uh 
and subscribe. You can also leave a review. And by the way, if you like our show, please give us a give us a review. The more uh, reviews we have, and hopefully positive. But if not, just give us a review. And the more reviews we have, the more uh, notice we get. So we appreciate that. Also, our notes uh, will be uh, in the show notes. And if you want to see more about our uh, our other sponsors and also like the movie uh the the game of thrones stuff check out our show notes or go to gbgpodcast.com all right thanks everybody for listening to episode 299 of the good the bad and the geeky end of the tour email us at goodbadgeeky at gmail.com or twitter or on instagram and uh have a good one